0: Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans from his undisclosed bunker. Here's your host, Tony Reed.
1: And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. Been a while, huh? Been a little bit. Good old break. A lot of stupid happened. It's the 20th of November, year of our Lord, 2017, and I'm back from my one-week vacation. Very enjoyable, very relaxing, so much so, it'll be segment two of this show. That's how good it was. Going to do a short show today. Uh, not really much uh, has changed since we left. A lot of stupid. We'll hit it a little bit, and then we're going to go into the history of Thanksgiving, news and social media nuggets, and some funny Lighter fare. So this will be a lighter than usual. There will be no MFers. There's no assholes of the day. No. Not got a lot. Save that for after Thanksgiving. Give thanks. Give thanks. And be nice today. And while I do it, I want to thank you, the listener. 500 listens over the break. Robert Gordon was the top listen. He is a new listener. And he listened to five different episodes. So saith. SoundCloud, now remember when I say 500 listens, there's probably more, I never really know because SoundCloud only feeds what you do off SoundCloud, it doesn't always feed the apps, how do I know that, I when I download it to check for errors, I, I, it never acknowledges where I live, so some of the apps do not come through, Germany was a top country, 350 listens, wow, Donka Shane, Germany, Top city, I'm going to screw it up, Algau I-S-N-Y-I-M-A-L-L-G-U-A-U, excuse me. Then it was Hamburg, other countries, uh, US was the second, uh, England, Marshall Islands, Austria, New Mexico, Netherlands, wow, we are going uh, global and I surely appreciate it. Um, there is a guy uh, in Mexico, I know who he is, it was only one listener. Uh, three different episodes. Not going to say his name out there because I don't really announce names of people I know. Could be bad for him. But uh, I hope you enjoyed the Packers jersey sent to you seven years ago. We met seven years ago at a trade show. Great guy. Uh, in the U.S., there's 150 listens, uh, top cities, uh, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, Woodbridge, Virginia, Mountain View, California, Washington, D.C., Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, was that's pretty cool. Willick, Germany. Whitehall, Pennsylvania. Ashburn, Virginia. Cadiz, Kentucky. One of my favorite places. Newsp- uh, Newberry, Newburyport, Ma- Massachusetts. We did a sh- segment on that. Uh, They're the top city ones. Uh, Castellone, Germany. West Wiesling. Wiesling. Hopefully I'm saying that right. London Shield. Ludwig Berg. Mount Juliet, Tennessee; Greensville, Wisconsin; Teleco Plains, Texas. I do not know where that is. Uh, And Knoxville. So, to all of you, I say thank you so much. I'm not so arrogant to believe that you listen because you like the show. I'm sure some people are listening because they hate everything I'm saying and that's coming. You hate the words coming out of my mouth, but I still appreciate you listening even if you disagree. I know I listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't agree with a single thing they say. But that makes it entertaining cuz sometimes when we listen to the same stuff that we already think, not as fun. So, um let's get in to our tweets of the day. <laughs> Play that bumper to tell anybody who's listening to the latest cut podcast. Yeah, I screwed it up two podcasts ago. I I did the tweet of the day sound, which is the yay instead of the bumper, so I kind of screwed that up. But I'm, I'm you're gonna be surprised when I say this. Colin Kaepernick is GQ's 2017 Citizen of the Year. I say that's the tweet a tweet of the day nominee because that is so 2017. Anybody who hates America is a hero. Anybody who loves America is a zero. The AP has another tweet that fits in our categories. International Men's Day. Yeah, that's actually a thing. I thought it was hilarious. Some dude named I am Dave Lozo ESPN a million ends. I don't know what that handle is. I'm going to pee on toilet seats and be bald. And that pretty much sums up when men's day is. As you could tell, there was a lot of people, or as you would know, uh, hated that concept and dogged it mercilessly on the Twitterverse. But our tweet of the day goes to Paul SZOLDRA. S-Z-O-L-D-R-A. I'm still dumbfounded that PolitiFact dedicated 500 words to debunking a duffel blog article. Here's your fact check in seven words. It's a satire site, you dumb shits. This is what they did. Army Sergeant Bo Bergdahl, held for about five years by Taliban, after disappearing in Afghanistan, has taken off again, this time during his own court proceedings, says Duffelblog. Bo Bergdahl wandered off during court martial, said, uh, said the October headline in Duffelblog. Here's the accurate backstory. He ends up saying, I'd also add that calling us fake news is an insult. I know it's a fashionable word these days, but Duffelblog is satire, a literary form. Just like The Onion or Jonathan Swift. Please don't lump us in with people who make stuff up for no reason other than to fool the morons. I love this for Tweet of the Day because that's how liberal PolitiFact is. The media loves to run with it. Liberals totally love it because they always side with them. But the fact is, they fact check jokes. Duffelblog... It's a joke site. They don't know that because they're fucking morons and they hate the military. So thank you Paul Sazoldra for bringing that us up and your tweets are our tweets of the day.
2: Hate Tweet of the Day!
1: Our hate tweets are a plentiful. Chelsea Manning, uh, which I like to call Bradley Manning, when he was a soldier, because that's what he should be remembered for, being a fucking traitor. Want to support veterans? Stop sending us overseas to kill or be killed for your nationalist fairy tales. We can do better. We got this Veterans Day. Michael Frost sums up my sentiments maybe you want to sit out veterans day leave it to people who aren't traitors of the country they swore to defend and i want all you liberals out there to remember you called him a traitor until he became a girl then obama pardoned him because he was on the same team now before he was just a shitty soldier that you guys didn't like so yeah just remember that the obama administration called him a traitor not conservatives not trump Google is a beautiful thing. Use it. Another hate tweet, uh, stop saying Christmas. Priest warns Christians to abandon the word inside this article that was linked to it. Father Desmond O'Donnell said Christmas of all denominations should realize that at Christmas and Easter, Christians of all denominations should realize that Christmas and Easter no longer has any sacred meaning. We lost Christmas just like we lost Easter and should abandon the word completely. We need to let it go. It's already been hijacked. We just need to recognize and accept that. I'm simply asking the p- space be preserved for believers for whom Christmas has nothing to do with Christmas and reindeer. Um, I totally disagree. I think it's bullshit. And that's why I put it in our hate tweets which is just a few. If you hear a lot of ho ho hoing, I have an injured dog, so my better half is going to be blowing up my phone every two seconds to find out if he's alive, if he's dying, she's freaking out. He got snatched by one of the big ones. He's going to live. I'm not being cold and callous, but he's going to live. He's not dying. But you know how, you know, I'm no different when my my dogs or cats are injured. I, I guess I'm not talking, but it, just excuse the blow-ups. I can't shut it off because then she'll get mad gotta leave it on. So we go into hypocrisy without a bump. I, I just want you to know, this is going to be plentiful with craziness in reference to um, sexual harassment. Understand, back in the day, when I was a drill, there was a guy raping people in uh, Fort Leonard, Missouri, and they started a one number. People came out from the 50s and the 60s, talking about drill sergeants that raped them, sexually assaulted them, what have you. And I think it's apropos that that's no different than it is now. A lot of people are coming out because they see it. They have the guts now to get out there and talk about it. But as you'll see with liberals, everybody is to be believed. The victim is to be believed when it's regarding conservatives and conservatives only. And we'll see that in a second. But up front, Russell Simmons and Brett Ratner face new allegations. Remember, they're big Trump haters. Um, they thought the pussy grab was fucking horrible. Writer for Lena Dunham's Girls accused of rape of then-17-year-old actress Aurora Perrineau. According to The rap, the alleged rape happened in 2012 when actress Aurora Perrineau was only 17. Actress Aurora Perrineau has gone to police, accused Girls writer and executive producer Marie Miller of raping her in 2012 when she was 17 years old. Perrineau has appeared in Jennifer Lawrence's Passengers as and is the daughter of Lost. Actor Harold Perrineau told The rap she filled a report with the West Hollywood Sheriff's Station on Friday. They obtained the results of polygraph test paranoia said she passed in September in when she detailed her accusations. But understand, lead em, dud em out the back. Things women do to lie about. Things women do lie about. What they ate for lunch. Things women don't lie about. Rape. She defended her. AJ Degado. Whoa! Believe all women? Um, well, um, except when a friend's ours is accused. Others are saying, unless they're Republicans. Laura Witt, yo, fuck you, Laura Dunham. Unfollow me. Amazing how your politics are only applied to other white women. Tina Lowe, would Lena Dunham care to elaborate on the inside information that would mitigate the credibility of this person, her parents, and the affirmative polygraph text? Evette Diana said, white women are so weird. Uh, that's probably pretty bad. She then, def- she apologizes, and it was, of course, carried right up front. That she apologized. Leave her alone. She is the compass of a generation of fucking slackers, I guess. Um I, I wanna put something in in between all these. So here's one. This is the Washington Post. I want you to think if this was Fox News. So I'm gonna read it like it's Fox News. Not the Washington Post. On the golf course, Japan's Abe did a ninja stunt and Trump didn't even notice it because he fell in a bunker. But the Washington Post printed that, and that's not racist. If any conservative says that, I remember Commander got written up for saying, my slight-eyed sappers, my slant-eyed sappers. We were in a unit that was named after Japanese shit. (laughs) He got in trouble for it. So remember, Washington Post does it, okay. Fox News does it, bad. Got it. Memo presented by Russian lawyer and infamous Trump Tower meeting was written by wait for it. Fusion GPS. Just remember that. Fusion GPS is linked to all this shit, both right and left, and somehow they're okay. Nobody's attacking them because it helped Democrats more. Richard Dreyfus and now George Duckey are accused of sexual. Harassment. The former model and actor and accusing Star Trek icon George Takaki of sexual assault in 1981. His accuser, Scott R. Brunton, was 23 at the time. Claims that Takai, Takaki, whatever the fuck, took advantage of him when he was most vulnerable. George Takaki. I'm ready to respond to the accusation made by Scott Bruton. I want to assure you all that I am as shocked and bewildered. And he just basically said, go fuck yourself. Cat Temp summed it up. Quick reminder that if you only have a problem with predatory men when they're in the opposite political party, then you're garbage. Because here comes the onslaught. Two more women, along with the dozen, Bill Clinton. So articles start sprouting before this came out. First one, WAPO. Bill Clinton, a reckoning. Feminists saved the 42nd pre- president of the United States in 1990. They were on the wrong side of history. Is it finally time to make things right? This came out before accusations. New York Times, what if Ken Starr was right? In the long-standing liberal narrative about Bill Clinton as scandals and one pushed by Clinton courtiers and ratified in media coverage of the post presidency, our 42nd president was only guilty of being a horn dog. His affairs are nobody's business but his family's and oral sex with Monica Lewinsky was a small thing that should never put this presidency in peril. The narrative could not survive the current wave of outrage over male sexual misconduct. So now a new one may be forming for the age of Harvey Weinstein and Donald Trump. In this story, Kenneth Starr and the Republicans are still dismissed as a partisan witch hunters, but liberals might be willing to concede that the Lewinsky affair was a pretty big deal morally, a clear abuse of sexual power for which Clinton probably should have been pressured to resign. New stories are trumping up. Flight logs show Bill Clinton flew on sex offenders' jet, much more than reported Washington Post abuse allegations of revived scrutiny of Bill Clinton and divided Democrats. 1,000 tweets that I read of them being attacked mercilessly by liberals. Pause for more liberal clair- uh, clarity. Morrissey, who I love, the Smiths. That, that's I love the Smiths. I don't like us you know, solo shit, Smith's awesome, comments on Hollywood sexual abuse says some victims are just disappointed, they turn around and say, I was attacked, I was surprised, but everything went well, and if it had given them a great career, they would not talk about it, Ooh, he's getting smashed, simultaneous, why there's some real articles coming out saying, hey, Bill Clinton's fuck up, and more importantly, during all this, and you notice, I'm not saying more, because I don't have to say more. In our Santa of show, the media is running with Hal Moore, or not Hal Moore, but the, the congressman from Alabama Moore, like crazy. But Al Franken was also accused of groping a model. And in this segment, we're going to see how liberals are attacking the messenger in this. The media is not even covering it because they want to stick on the Republican. And they're doing articles like this in WAPO. I'm a feminist, I study rape culture, and I don't want Al Franken to resign. As a feminist and author of a book on rape culture, I could reasonably be expected to lead the calls for Al Franken to step down following allegations that he forced his tongue down a woman's throat, accompanied by a photo of him grinning as he moves into her breast while she was sleeping. It's disgusting. He treated a sleeping woman as a comedy prop, no more human than the content of a carrot-trop trunk. And I firmly believe he should suffer social and professional consequences for it. But, I don't believe resigning from his position is the only possible consequence, or the one that's best for American women. Citizens on both the right and left will presume I'm passing by this particular stream steam tray of 2017 smorgasbord of feminist outrage because Franken is a Democrat, and so am I. I was even his proud constituent for two years. In the most superficial sense this is true, But it's meaningless to say it because I am a Democrat without asking why I am a Democrat. And then she goes in to break down that he can do more good for us in office than he could out of office. It's a fancy way of saying he's a Democrat. And this is just one of many, my friends, because when a Republican does it, the the accuser... And, and, and getting into the Alabama case, there is so much proof. This girl's a Democrat, worked for a Democrat. There's a lot of people standing up saying it ain't true. I'm not going to shame her because we don't know. But in Al Franken's case, just like when a terrorist blows some shit up or an Antifa member kills somebody or beats the shit out of them, or in the case of Hodgkinson walking around with a assassination list, well, he's on our team. Here's Howard Feynman. Yeah. You can expect what I'm about to read. I've watched Al Franken unfairly bracketed with accused serial sexual predator. He and I have been family friends for decades. As a comic, he could be crude. He went too far and apologized, but he's not predatory. Adores his wife and family. As a lifelong champion, a woman's right. Oh, he's done so much, but fuck. It doesn't matter. He stuck his tongue down somebody's throat without asking if it was okay. Ed Whelan. That Al Franken has not been predatory on the occasion that you've been with him doesn't mean squat. Republican Chris Rock, if you thought the liberal media would take Al Franken's sexual assault allegations seriously, you thought wrong, just like we've gone down the road, Russian interference in the election, no proof, Uranium One, she paid for the dossier. Oh, that's just bullshit. That's right-wing conspiracy shit. That's just distraction. It's so funny how the media plays that. Here's Franken's accuser, a far cry from a little girl more groped, and why haven't you spoken out about your horrible hypocrite are the respectable women who've accused you. That's another guy. And he shamed her. She was a Maxim model. This tweet pretty much says she had it coming. It's from Melford Hessler, RN. Leanna tweeted, looked so innocent and bookish on TV yesterday. She was no prude back when she did USO toads with Al Franken. She didn't wear sunglasses then either. Actually, she didn't wear much of anything. Buckeye Einstein, glasses equal she doesn't want it. No glasses, she totally wants it. a Frau. therefore it was okay for a sitting senator to sexually assault her. She had it coming. Chris Matthew defends Al Franken. He's satirizing Lena Tweeden while she was asleep. Even MSNBC. They only cover for a second and they run away from it because, you know, he's a dem. But here's the real story. Al Franken kissed and groped me without my consent. Lean, lean, and I don't know how to say her name, Tweeden, a radio host, came forward to accuse the Democratic Center of inappropriate behavior on in a 2006 USO tour, Leanne Tweeden, a Los Angeles radio host and former model, says Senator Fra- Franken, Minnesota Democrat, kissed her against her will and groped her during a 2006 USO trip to Kuwait, Iraq, and Afghanistan. I didn't get that from any media. No media put Democrat in there. This is Atlantic, surprisingly. In a post on the website of KABC, where she is a morning anchor, Tweetin wrote. wrote That she was in a skit with Frank in which she character tried to kiss her. She writes that she expected a stage kiss in which she turned her head. But the backstage, he insisted they need to practice the kiss. She demurred, but he insisted. He said, She said, he repeated the actors really need to rehearse everything. I said, okay, so he would stop badgering me. We did the line leading up to it and kiss. And then he came up to me, put his hands on the back of my head, smashed his lips against mine, aggressively stuck his tongue in my mouth. She said she pushed him away and warned him not to again. I walked away, all I could think about was getting to a bathroom as fast as possible to rinse the taste of them out of my mouth. I felt disgusted. So she signed on to make a big deal of the incident so the tour could go on, but she was angry and told few people on the tour. Then when she returned to the US and received a CD of photos of the trip, she saw one that depicted a grinning Frank and either groping or pretending to grope her breast as she slept still angry at Al Franken. Every time I hear his voice or see his face, I am angry. I'm angry that I did this stupid skit for the rest of that tour. I certainly don't remember the rehearsal for the skit in the same way, but I send my sincere and policy, Leanne, Franken said. After the photo, was clearly intended to be funny, but wasn't. I shouldn't have done it. Okay, he's good. That's the rest of articles. It's all good. But they do go into he had other things. 2005, so just an unwanted kiss for Frank, were staple of the USO show with somebody else. Two, 1995, New York quote quoted Frank in discussing a potential SNL skit in which Andy Rooney talks about the drugging and raping fellow 60 Minutes personality Leslie Stahls, a senator, Frank has called for greater protection for victims of sexual harassment. Frank has been mentioned as a potential Democratic candidate. Da 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 da, and they go on to just defend him. Because he's a Democrat. Doesn't matter. She just needs to get over it. She had it coming. She showed her boobs, or her upper boobs, and Maxim. That, that to me, is not surprising. A lot of conservatives are surprised, but uh, liberals are hypocrites. It's always been that way. I mean, Clinton is a key case. But there are people out there trying to do the right thing. CNN. This is, of course, Tapper only. Senators on Gillibrand remarks that Clinton should have resigned over the Linsky affair. I don't think at this moment our goal is to look back, our goal is to go forward. And our goal is to understand we have a real crisis in the country. And then he went on to no taxes. Sister Solja, no, sorry, Sister Tolja, in which Senator Sanders skates around the Bill Clinton question by making it this about abortion and birth control. Joe S., you can grow up in her ass as long as you support abortion. And that's a true statement. Something in between all this craziness. Washington Post imagines what if Hillary had won with two alternate timelines. I want you to remember, when Al Gore lost, we didn't do this. When freaking Romney lost, we didn't do this. Oh, but we're doing this now. Talk about not letting go. While some liberals are gathering to scream, help us see the sky for one year, anniversary of 2016 presidential election, the journalists at Washington Post are busy writing the equivalent of it. Amazingly, the Post published two alternate histories in 24 hours. Writers Ben Terrace, Dak, Dan Zack, Monica Hess, and Amy Singer. It took four people to write this. What if Election Day 2016 had gone a little differently? What if a freak snowstorm across the Rust Belt had kept rural Trump voters from polls? What if Russia had read its psycho de- PSYOP data wrong and pivoted resources to Snapchat? What if James Comey had taken a closer look at those emails in late October? They fantasize what if all these happened? What if Clinton had won? Let's pretend. The entire include bizarre attempts at humor, such as Carrie Fisher is still alive. The four journalists speculated on, inaugur- on inauguration day, President Hillary Rodham took oath in a headband and his pants- suit. Hey, it was rainy, and what does you care what you think anymore? That night, Lynn Manuel Miranda brought the house down with a freestyle rap at her first Nagar Ball, while new White House co-chief strategist Toast of Town Robbie Mook and Donna Brazil set Twitter fire with exuberant choreographed dance. Following day, dozens of descended on the mall for the men's march. Three fistfights broke out over who forgot to secure a rally permit. It all coincides with major shakeup at Fox News. New York Times has taken advantage of the post-election news to to ramp up its investigation on Bill O'Reilly, who was forced out by early December. Fox then rebuilt its lineup around its new highest-paid star, Megyn Kelly, two-hour show, in which debuted January 23rd, fillets the new president every night for record-breaking viewership. Tagline, hey, she's a woman, so you can't say it's sexist. Some of it's meant to funny. Other entries drip with the typical liberal journalist disdain. Then in WAPO, we had, well, would all this be happening with Hillary as president? And they have a whole article breaking down that, uh, pretty much because of Trump, women feel so helpless, they're finally saying liberals are fucking predators. Mm-hmm. Deep buried in it. In the case of Frank and the president has been happily tweeting, they blame him. Fonker Trump said no reason to doubt the victim's account in the Moore case, but she doesn't feel the same about her dad's accusers. Are liberals who now say Bill should have resigned because they want to clear the deck to better go after President Trump think that sex may be a more effective weapon than Russia to bring him down? It's easy to turn on the Clintons. These days to treat them as collateral damage the way the Clintons treated all the women who got tangled up a bill. Once more, politics is clouding the issue of sexual harassment. But hopefully this public trial, which is bringing to the dock men on both sides of the aisle, is too momentous to diminish by, by politics. As Senator Franken accuser Leanna Tweeden of Los, Age, Los Angeles Radio newscaster told CNN's Jake Tapper, when you're sexually assaulted, it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat. The affiliation doesn't matter, right? That's not, she correctly concluded, the point here. But it is, because this article in itself, the way it's written on both sides, of the aisle, there's one more, there's accusations at Trump, no proof, there's all sorts of pro- Trump on Bill Clinton, all sorts of proof, there's all sorts of liberals going down, from Kevin Spacey to Russell Simmons to Weinstein to Franken, it's everywhere, reporters, they're all liberal WAPO. But we're too busy hating Trump. Another diversion this week. Journalism, psych, journalism with a question mark. Cyclists who flipped off President Motorcade. Oh, yeah. She was on Megyn Kelly.
3: So she went for a bike ride near her Virginia home and wound up becoming a viral sensation. Her picture splashed across Twitter, Facebook, national and international newspapers and websites. Why? Because Julie Briskman decided on a whim to give the bird to President Trump's passing motorcade. <laughs> Briskman, Briskman was head of social media for Akima LLC, but she says she was forced to resign for what she did on her private time. Joining me now to talk about it, Julie Briskman. Julie, thank you for being here. Well,
4: thank you so much for having me.
3: So you live in Sterling, Virginia, which I is do. a beautiful country. And there goes President Trump's motorcade. And what inspired you in the moment to communicate with him in that manner?
4: (laughs) Well, all my frustration about this administration just welled up inside me. Um, And I started thinking about all the things that I think are going wrong right now in our country. And that was the only way I had to give him the message that, I wanted to give him. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't.
3: You didn't like make eye contact, right? You know, it wasn't not like with
4: moment. him. No, I didn't see him. I made eye contact with a Secret Service person, and I made eye contact with another gentleman who was looking out the window. Yeah. The window was rolled down in that car. And and
3: how did it feel?
5: <laughs> it felt great.
4: <laughs> I said I
5: that really question before, but
4: it actually felt great. You know? I was like, I got to tell him, hopefully got to tell him how I really feel. I'm
3: sure he's heard about it now. I don't know. So <laughs> when, when did you first realize someone had photographed you? I guess it was a member of the press pool. Yes. Uh, somebody had photographed you and posted it.
4: Um, a friend of mine tweeted me, or sorry, texted me on Sunday morning and said, I'm so proud of you. Um, that was a great picture, and I thought, what is she talking about? <laughs> and she sent me a link to a, a group Facebook page of a political action group in Loudoun County who had posted, which one of you did this? Okay. And I said, well, it was me, ha, ha, ha. And I thought that would be the end of it.
3: But that was not the end of it. No, that was not the end of it. <laughs> that was the beginning of a lot. I mean, seriously, it's has got an international coverage now yes. because it's, I mean, to me, it speaks uniquely to what America's all about. You, you can do that. Like, that. Yes. that's the beauty of a free society, whether you love President Trump or hate him. You are allowed to tell the president how you feel about him, whether it's President Obama or President Trump. That's yes. one of our core ideals. However, you got fired. <laughs> you were forced to resign yes. because of it. Why? Um, they
4: cited the social media policy of the company saying that my um, action was obscene. And my, basically my content on my social media was obscene.
3: Because you you posted the photo on your Twitter and Facebook page.
4: I posted it on my Facebook cover photo, and I posted it on my Twitter um, profile picture and my cover photo on Twitter. She was proud of
3: it. She was like, <laughs> yeah, "That was me." <laughs> That's, okay. But on Twitter, I never said it was me, and
4: I only said it was me on my cover photo on Facebook when somebody asked.
3: So this and is what their they said. Neither account
4: has Akima.
3: Let me ask you. Oh, sorry, Akima. Okay, so Akima—they did not respond to our request for response response to Julie's story, but they they have a statement on the on the website um about a code of conduct there this is how it reads Acama expects its employees officers and directors to exercise good judgment and maintain high ethical standards in all activities which affect Acama every Acama employee is held to these standards so th- were they saying it wasn't good judgment it wasn't ethical
4: no i i don't recall that being said has anybody else they were ever saying done I was, anything of disrespectful um, and that's one of the core tenets of the company is being respectful to everybody. Mm-hmm. Have they? Ha- has anybody else
3: at the company, to your knowledge,
4: ever done anything, quote, unquote, obscene? Yes. And that's in large part why I'm sitting here today. I really wasn't going to talk about this until I remembered the fellow that um, I actually flagged to the company that he had written very obscene things in someone else's conversation on Facebook. Someone messaged us on our Facebook, and I caught the message, and I brought it to the attention of the executives at the company.
3: Did he get fired? No.
4: He did not get fired. Mm-hmm. He uh, was allowed to clean up his Facebook page, so to speak. He had Acama as the cover photo. He had Acama listed three times,
3: uh, unlike you, as who, an employee. Who did not draw that association? No, I publicly. did not at all. I have
4: it on LinkedIn, which I consider my professional face. Um, so no, he was not fired. Were you prepared to take it down if they, if they wanted you to? I might've done that. I mean, I initially went to HR and, and told them about this because yeah, the, you flagged it. I did. Cause another employer was already getting threatening emails and bogus reviews on her Facebook page. And I hadn't really gone public yet. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think there might've been an opportunity. What do you I don't think know about
3: it, Julie, because it's like, I, I legally, they may have had the right to fire you, assuming mm-hmm. they treat all their employees the same. Right. Um, but do you think it's the right thing? The right thing in America. Right. Legal
4: and right aren't always the same thing, are they? Right? They're, they really aren't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, and so uh, I, I lost what you asked me. I'm so sorry. Do you think it was right? No, I don't think it was right. I mean, no, I yeah. right. I mean they, they clearly treated me differently. It was not equal application of their social media policy. Do you regret doing it? I don't regret doing it, no. No, I think we have a big problem in this country. <laughs> 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 Thank you. Yeah. Well, I know you're the mother of two children.
3: um, What message do you think you've communicated to them here?
4: I think I've communicated to them to use their voice when they can and and how they can when they have the opportunity to use their voice.
3: Sometimes the voice has a little salty language associated with it, or the finger does. Uh, It depends on which one you choose. I mean, this one, this probably wouldn't have gotten you as much trouble. You could have gone with the thumb for future reference. Right,
4: that didn't come to (laughs) mind, sorry.
1: (laughs) Great to see you.
4: Thank you so much.
3: (laughs) Thank you for being here.
4: Thank you so much.
1: So I want you to think for a second, if somebody, f- okay, rodeo clown, that's, I, I'll just cut to the chase, rodeo clown, rodeo clown, or President Bush, Clinton, H. Bush, Reagan, nobody cared, you put on Obama, you're fucking racist, you lose your job, this lady flips off the motorcade, and is now a national celebrity, you fucking hypocrites, other hypocrites, Brian Seltzer seems upset that Maria Bartolomo blocked him on Twitter. So upset, he took it to public and... Complained, and so did Joy Reed. I've always had a cordial relationship Maria Maria Bartolomo. I can only assume that this tweet observation is why she suddenly blocked me. Joy Reed not sure what's happening with Maria. she was always been conservative but was a tough GOP debate questioner and seemed like a traditional tax tax cutathon. She's gone full on Hannity style Trump cultists. God bless Texas says, are you kidding? Maria Romo is amazing. She gets middle class economics and understands how we get back to being a more powerful country. I know it's not really something that MSDNC or CNN are striving to learn, but you should really learn. Knowledge is power. Back to harassment. Guess who just got accused of sexual harassment? We covered his podcast. He blocked me on Twitter. I didn't do a whole twit a thon about how horrible it is. It's pretty obvious. Brian Seltzer's blocked me. Joy Reid's blocked me. There's nobody. That's the whole hypocrisy in it. You don't let anybody say anything to you. you. block him. Somebody blocks you. Oh, you motherfucker! Well, this Toad, who is a uber-shill, total Democrat, New York Times reporter, yeah, Glenn Thrush. Inappropriate Sexual advances. Laura McGann has come forward and four three other women. There's four women. One such incident with the woman back with Thrush in her apartment and not having much clothes on. An impassioned note, some Washington journalists I spoke to say it rings hollow, given Thrush own behavior with one woman in the industry. Thrush told McGann that he apologized to any woman who felt uncomfortable in my presence and for any situation where I might behave inappropriately. He'll be back on the job within a week. Wait. We're not going to play the bumper. Here's the stats of the day. Because they pretty much sum it up. Let's get some other ones. NFL seats are still fucking empty as shit. It was week 11. Pictures all over the place. Kansas City played an almost half-empty stadium. Eminem was skewered online. For his, if anybody watch SNL, mm, folks, fucking just dreadful. Just retire into a trailer park are some of the comments. Detroit native delivered a, re, a rendition of his latest single "Walk On Water" before integrating elements from his old songs. Many suggest the veteran rapper has lost his touch to rely on past glories to win. The "Lose Yourself" hitmaker scooped his ninth Best Hip Hop Award at MTV Europe Music Award earlier this month. But the everybody out there says he fucking blows. To the sexual harassment, LAPD, see I like doing other stuff to kind of take me off track because if I just drilled all this in one segment, you'd all puke. Dozens of cases tied to Hollywood. Harvey Weinstein, during all his shit, literally, literally. Lee hired 91 people to make people shut up about his sexcapades and during this week where I was off more 90% of the coverage Franken and everybody else 10% that's what the Nets have been doing 90% of their time, has been on one Alabama politician. While all that I read you happened. Lena Dunham covered down on him. All these people saying Al Franken's a great guy, regardless that he stuck tongue down people's throats and pretended to grab boobs like a child, and he's a U.S. senator who barely won the first time. 90%, 10%, everything else. That's our media. Doesn't even surprise me. Going to a music break. First segment. If you've never been there, you need to go. We're going to talk about Gatlinburg, Tennessee.
2: Ooh, ooh, ooh. I dream- A white Christmas just like the ones I used to know. Where the tree tops glisten and children listen to hear the sleigh bells in the snow. Christmas with every Christmas card I write. in the snow
0: To flyover politic podcast with Tony Reed
6: you know something uh, and maybe it's the southern accent that reminds me of this but uh, I think we are in and we've seen we've seen some of this in the press there was a story in the Atlantic called Bill Clinton a reckoning uh, Chris Hayes uh, said something the other day uh, and other people have. Um, But the accusers uh, of Bill Clinton back in the 90s uh, were never given the credence and uh, treated with the same respect uh, that these women are being treated. Uh, And I think that there is something to be said about how society has evolved since Mm -hmm. then. But in addition, it's hard not to look back at that period and think, you know what, the media treated those those women poorly.
5: Yeah, without a doubt. Um, You can't rewrite history. But what I am concerned about now is that I see a lot of Republicans, people like Ann Coulter, on Twitter, going back and bringing up people like Senator Kennedy, um, Clinton, other people that did have previous acts of sexual, sexual misconduct, almost as a way of saying, well, they did it, we can too. Appeals to hypocrisy do not work for a party that has no moral core. And we do have a problem now because we have elected a president who has his own accusers. And so we're all going to go back through history, and there's a lot of reckoning that needs to be done. I don't know where that's going to take us. Um, it is risky because you may lose a Senate seat. Um, but it is a problem for Republican voters because you keep putting these people up who are morally conflicted. And now the choice is, well, you can vote for this pedophile or you can lose a seat and hand it to Democrats. The Republican Party has to do better. It has to do with Republican leadership. I am happy to see Mitch McConnell step up and say he should be expelled. We didn't need. We need I was nervous to come out about it. This
7: doesn't make me feel good. Everybody goes, Oh, you're so strong. You're going to feel so great talking about it. I still have a knot in my stomach. This is, you know, this isn't some like, Oh, yeah, I'm going to do it and I feel great about it. It's difficult.
6: It's difficult to do. It
7: is hard. Of course it is. Tell me why, tell me why, tell
6: me it's why I I don't doubt you at all, but tell me why it's hard. Because I mean, first of all, it's, it's a, it's a, this is, I think it's just, um, important for people to hear. Yeah, there you go. That's why people don't come forward.
7: Right. It's Why do you think there are people that haven't talked, There's still a lot of people that haven't told their stories. And there, you know, in, in the case of Roy Moore, there are people that 40 years later that are reluctantly coming out about it. I mean, it's, it's embarrassing. It's humiliating. There are still people I've looked on Twitter that are still blaming me for it. I'm like, you look at the picture, I'm asleep. And there's still somehow it's my fault. Right. Really? I still sort of have that knot in my stomach. And, you know, I don't, I don't feel like, yay, it feels great coming out and talking about it. I mean, I still feel, you know, kind of sick about it. You know, it's not a feel-good thing. I, I still feel sort of embarrassed about it. You know, it's um, You don't
6: you know, need me no, to say this, but obviously there's nothing, you did nothing to be embarrassed about. I mean, you know, you, I know you know that intellectually. Uh, there's nothing you did that should be, you should be embarrassed about um how how are you holding up you have a you have a a loving husband you have a support network there are you doing okay
7: I just want to go home and i have i have a two year old and a four year old and I just want to hug my babies and my husband that's all you know it's just been i've been up since two o'clock in the morning california time i haven't eaten anything i have like cotton mouth i don 't know if you could tell i feel like my teeth are sticking to my gums you know i'm okay i'm holding up you know i just um It's been nonstop, that's all. I'm okay. Thank you. I'm all right.
6: The world that you're making for your children, for your two-year-old, and for your four-year-old, you realize that you are making it better for them. I don't know the genders of your children, but it actually doesn't even matter. I have a boy and a girl. Okay. Well, but but both of them need to be impacted by this, right? Not just the girl.
7: You know, you always... I don't want to be cliché, but, you know, you talk about trying to leave the world a better place for your kids, you know? Sorry.
6: Nothing to be sorry about.
7: I didn't think I was going to do that, but, you know, you do. You you want to leave, you know, you try to set examples for your children, right? You want to leave the world a better place. You try to... um, you want to set examples and you want the world to be better for your kids. You want to leave it better than what you had it. And it's like, you know, I've had so many of my girlfriends text me. I mean, my phone died twice already today because people have been texting and calling and they're like, you know, stay strong because you're doing something that is going to make the world better for your daughter, you know? And, Maybe I am, you know, I I didn't look at it that way, but maybe I am. And if I, if I am, okay, I'll take it.
6: You are, but of course you are, but it's not just for your daughter. You're doing it for your son too, right? Right. Because he doesn't, because you you don't want him to grow up and either misbehave or... Uh, you know, have women, friends, or, or family members who are affected that way. Because obviously what you're doing is making the world a better place because you're bringing awareness in a very public and, I, I know you don't feel it,
1: but very brave way. Alright, uh, yeah, you're like, okay, I thought we are talking about Gatlinburg, but I, I'm going scriptless today because I don't have time to put a script together. And I had two sound bites. That is, uh, Tapper basically. Talking about how horrible the Clinton accusers were treated in an interview with Tweeden. And I just want to say there's one reporter on CNN He was actually covering everything. And granted, he's going to cover more, more because he doesn't have choices on CNN, but I thought that was a class act considering our media landscape. So I'm going to play a couple sound bites in this, but I just want to tell you, if you've never been to the Smoky Mountains in Tennessee during fall, um, I suggest you pack your bags and head on out there. So to understand what we did, um, for us, it's about a five hour drive with the time change, about five and a half hours. Um, we stayed night one at the inn at Christmas place. It's by, it's in Pigeon Forge. Next to Dollywood, and it's a Christmas hotel. Um, I was gonna play just the clock in here, but it's kind of silly. They do have a, a uh, cuckoo clock that is um, two stories high. It is one of the most magical things you've ever seen in your life, even if as an adult. And it has chimes, bells, Santa, the whole nine yards. Every room is decked out for Christmas. There are Christmas themes on every floor that are different. It was pretty damn cool. I mean, my wife is not a Christmas person, but most Ricky Tick. She became Christmified when we got there. From there, we went out the next day, went to 20 different antique stores. I would say five would be, you know, out of four stars, four stars. The rest were twos and ones. It's hit and miss. Everything is overpriced because it's a tourist trap, just like anywhere else in the world. You're gonna you're gonna run into your tourist traps. We then went to a Tangier Mall. Anybody has a Tangier Mall, you know what's there. And we we did some shopping. I got some Brooks Brothers stuff, it was you know like your Coach purse for guys, discounted, um and and it was decent. It was very big. It was bigger than the one in Pensacola or Destin, excuse me. Um, and then we moved up to a cabin that's in Gatlinburg up the mountain. Um, I think it's called Black. F- Black River Resorts. It's Jackson Homes. If you want to rent a cabin, it's Jackson Homes, and it is a standalone building. You have your own cabin. You get access with a code. In um, ours, we had a, a a one bedroom, very large one bedroom with a hot tub, a jacuzzi built in, a loft, two bathrooms, and. The view out the front porch, which is the length of the house, was to die for because you just have an unobstructed view of the mountains. They've cut all the trees so you could see it. So every cabin you're in, you get a view of the mountains. They made sure you do. Um Little hairy for women because you're basically uh, half the house is on earth. The other half is suspended over a hill, Uh, you know, shortened with huge lumber. And, you know, you're not going to fall over. But it is a little creepy at first when you look at it. So peaceful, um, I went to bed at 9.30 the first night, and I didn't wake up until 6.30 the next day. The next day, I didn't wake up till 7 o'clock morning, and that's the latest I've slept in in, in, in decades, probably decades. Um, we did absolutely nothing. Day two, three, nothing. Day four, we went to the Christmas in the Smoky Show. <clears throat> there are 50 ducks per seat. Every seat in the house is great. We were seventh row and center, so we had really great seats. You know, everybody seated, so you could see everything. Um, it was a two and a half hour show with a 50 minute intermar- um, intermission. Very moving, very good, very entertaining. We've been to the Rockets twice. We were never entertained like. We were in this show. Uh, we left just stoked. Now, the negatives, it is a major thoroughfare. There are three lanes booked Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You're going to hit traffic. It's going to take you a long time to get around. But once you get in Gatlinburg, you, it breaks up and you go up to your, you know, cabin. I didn't see cars, you know, you're up there in the Thule's. You don't see anything. So, you know, to go and do things, There is some traffic to deal with because it's a major attraction, but all major attractions have it. You just got to suck it up for a bit and you can enjoy a peaceful, relaxing getaway that is truly magical. Uh, The views, the vistas, uh, you know, we we had a warm day, but most of them were cool. In the last day, we had snow, fantastic, you know, a dusting, you know, not real snow, but... For the scenic opportunity, it was fantastic. So, going to play a couple sound bites uh, just to kind of give you some more information on it. I wanted to hit it right off the bat. If you live in the eastern United States or in the south, pack a friggin' bag, head to Gatlinburg. Very inexpensive. The entire lodging for uh, five days cost us 600 bucks. You can't find that anywhere else because the cabins are very inexpensive during this time of year. I don't know why, but they just are, and it, it's well worth your trip. After the sound bites, we'll have another. Now we're just going to go straight in to uh, Thanksgiving. So you're hearing a sound bite for SNL's Thanksgiving skit a couple years back, way funny, and we'll do the history of Thanksgiving
8: quite a bit about the hotels that are in Gatlinburg. However, we got to thinking, what really makes you want to go to Gatlinburg? I mean, you've heard the name. You've probably seen the news reports when the wildfires went through. However, what really makes Gatlinburg, Gatlinburg? It's a little tourist town that people have heard of, and literally most of the United States is within a five to ten hour drive From Gatlinburg. But what really drives you to go to Gatlinburg? Well, we're going to answer that. One of the first things that's going to drive you to go to Gatlinburg is the people. If the people are nice in a town, the town is going to treat you right. That is exactly what you get in Gatlinburg. You have nice people that are going to teach you about the area, but also about what they're offering I mean, if you go into some of these restaurants, you'll see food that you haven't seen before, and you'll be like, what's this? You ask the waitstaff in some places, and they have no clue. In Gatlinburg, the waitstaff's properly trained so they can answer the questions you have, so you know what you're getting. Outside of the people, you'll find there's plenty of shopping in Gatlinburg. Who goes on a vacation and doesn't want to go shopping? I mean, it just makes sense. You have to get gifts for everybody at home. So you need to hit up the gift shops. In Gatlinburg, you have plenty of gift shops to choose from. So you got that going for Gatlinburg, too. Then you have the food. Gatlinburg's a southern town. Yes, it's in eastern Tennessee, but still, Tennessee's part of the south. So you have the southern comfort-type foods mixed in with the blends of the Italian food and the Spanish food and all the regional flares. You even have a tea house in Gatlinburg that you can enjoy. So all that combined means you're going to find something that you can eat. Even if you have to settle for the normal chain restaurants that you hit up at home, they even have those. So you're going to easily find some good home-cooked food that you're going to love. Then you have the other main attraction. And that's the fact that Gatlinburg literally sits maybe 100 to 200 feet from the entrance of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. The Great Smoky Mountains National Park is one of the most popular parks in America. This means you're going to be able to have a nice hotel to go back into at night rather than having to go into a camper or a campsite if you don't like camping. You have a nice hotel because Gatlinburg has plenty of hotels. However, during the day, when you're not doing your shopping or eating, you'll have a chance to go out and explore the mountains. You have areas like the Sugarlands um, Trail, this is a paved trail for handicapped people. Granted, it still needs cleaned up since wildfires, which, as of this recording, it still needed. However, it's a paved trail with a little mountain stream run by it, so anybody can enjoy it. The trail is very easy to use. The grade isn't that high, even. So if you have to get pushed in a wheelchair, even, the people pushing you won't be complaining the entire time. And then you have areas like Kate's Cove. Kate's Cove is an area that's inside the national park that has all the original cabins that have been restored that were to that area. The area is great. It's got, I think it's a nine or 11 mile loop that you can drive around. If you get there early enough, you can even bike around it. And on some days it's closed until I think noon or so to allow people to bike. So you can easily bike this region and see the natural beauty that's in Cove. People see bear, they see deer, there's even some of the waterfalls trails are running off of that. So it makes it easier for you to have a great time and see what really makes the Great Smoky Mountains National Park so great. You get the covery, you got the mountains surrounding it, you get to see the older homes, most of them are log cabins, you get to see how they lived, and you basically get to even explore an old grist mill, but it's not where it originally was, but it's close enough that you're able to see how the flour was ground, and they do sell the flower at the gift shop, so it's easy enough for you to get something that you can remember and even use. And I do have to tell you, the flower is some of the best that I've used because it is stone ground. But then on top of that, you can go up Newfound Gap Road to Newfound Gap and walk part of the Appalachian Trail, which runs through that region. Then if you want to go to the highest point in Tennessee, you just go up to Cades Cove. Yeah, it's a little bit of a walk, and for some people it can be a little strenuous going up to the top of the lookout tower. But let me tell you, it is well worth it. So when somebody asks you what makes you want to go to Gatlinburg, it's the people, the restaurants, the hotels that are so close to the national park, you have a nice, comfortable bed to lay down on after spending all day in the mountains. And then on top of it all, it's the fact that in Gatlinburg, You're able to get away from it all, and if you want to, go into the Smokies. But either way, Gatlinburg is a great destination for you to go.
9: Jessica with PigeonForge.com. Welcome to Pigeon Forge. Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, in the Great Smoky Mountains, is the ideal vacation destination for year-round family fun. The twinkling lights of Winterfest and the bright blooms of Springfest... Summer's long sunny days and autumn's brilliant foliage offer something for everyone of every age throughout the year. From parades to rod runs and festivals, there's always an opportunity for enjoyment just around the corner in Pigeon Forge. With year-round events and its beautiful, smoky mountain scenery, a Pigeon Forge getaway is your chance to treat your senses and relax your soul. Whether you're retreating to a luxury cabin Or checking into a parkway hotel in the center of the action, Pigeon Forge has the accommodation for you. From go-karts to history to good old fashioned family fun, come explore my Smoky Mountain home at (laughs) PigeonForge.com.
6: to have you all here today.
9: I am thankful that I only burned the turkey a little bit. I'm sorry, gang. (laughs) You know, I am thankful that our governor is not going to let those refugees in here. Oh, my God.
10: You know, I heard the refugees are all ISIS in disguise
9: Oh yeah, that's true I actually saw an ISIS in the A&P today When I was picking up the yams. No, you didn't, Aunt Kathy That was an Asian woman You know what? I have a question for you why is it that your friends keep antagonizing the police? Oh, Why would you ask my boyfriend well, that? I'm just trying to get to oh, no know Jamal. <laughs> That's very presentational. <laughs> hey, and she's a guest here Excuse me. She's, who who she's, a, right? she's right? a guest here
2: Hello? It's me. I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to me. To go over everything They say the time's supposed to heal you But I ain't done much. Oh, your grandparents are here
10: How was the flight? Oh, it was good Good I saw
9: two transgenders at the airport
0: they still look kind of pretty.
9: Very interesting trend, this. Oh my trend.
11: Transgender is not a trend, Mr. Paul.
9: And there weren't
6: any around when I was younger.
7: Yeah, they were there, but they couldn't say anything, so they lived sad lives and
10: died. No talking about oh, yeah.
9: you. To vote for Ben Carson. You are such a- pal- <laughs> pal-
1: That, of course, was a skit, I believe it was from 2015, 14, 14, with Adele, and I'm still looking for the articles, they haven't broke yet, I'm waiting for how to deal with your crazy uncle stories, Uh, so while I do some more editing with uh, videos in a second to talk about Thanksgiving, I will most definitely try to find us one good article on the craziness that liberals like to do by ruining every fucking holiday. But, in the end, Thanksgiving has kind of gotten screwed over in this country. We, we go Halloween and then we go straight into Christmas. Uh, music, sales, Black Fridays now on Tuesday. I mean, it, it's kind of crazy. I, I drove up to a Dollar General to get some peroxide for an injured dog uh, when we got back in town Sunday. And they already had, we will be open at 10 a.m. Thursday. And we're closing today. A. Dollar General. Black Friday on Wednesday. So, it's kind of sad. But it should be the, the holidays, Americans, that we take pause. We don't think politics. And we give thanks for all those beautiful people we have in our lives, our health, and the fact that even people that are lower, you know, low-waged or hurting financially can usually finance turkey dinner and have a huge feast once a year that is more food than most people have in a month anywhere else. But we don't. It's now just a sale and a way to start the Christmas season, which is kind of sad. Not the original envision of the holiday, not the reason why we did it, and those reasons are as follows.
11: The story of the first Thanksgiving. Around 400 years ago, Many people in England were unhappy because their king would not let them pray to God as they liked. The king said they must use the same prayers that he did, and if they refused, they were persecuted, imprisoned, or even killed. These Englishmen left their homes and went far off to a country called Holland, In Holland, they were happy, but they were very poor. And when the children began to grow, they became less godlike and did not want to pray anymore. After much talking and thinking, these English people decided to embark on a pilgrimage to the new world. America. They set out on a small ship called the Mayflower to take them across the sea. There were about 100 people on board the tiny ship. It was crowded, cold and uncomfortable. The sea was rough. They were two months sailing over the Atlantic Ocean. At last the Mayflower came in sight of land. The month was November and it was cold. There was nothing to be seen but snow, rocks, and hard, bare ground. They were tired and cold from their long journey, and hungry, too. No one had enough food to eat. Many of them became sick, and by springtime, almost half of the people died. In spring, the sun shone brightly. The snow melted and the leaves and flowers began to emerge. Some friendly Indians had visited the pilgrims during the winter. One of the kind Indians was named Squanto. He stayed with the pilgrims and taught them how to plant their corn, peas, wheat and barley. The summer came and the days were long and bright the pilgrim children were very happy in their new home, Plymouth Rock. When it was autumn, the fathers gathered the barley, wheat, and corn that they had planted and found that it had grown so well that they would have quite enough for a long winter that was coming. Let us thank God for it all, they said. Then they decided to have a grand Thanksgiving party and invite the friendly Indians. They prepared wild ducks and geese and great wild turkeys. There was deer meat, bread and cakes. They had fish and clams from the sea nearby. The friendly Indians all came with their chief. They were dressed in deer skins and some of them had the furry coat of a wildcat hanging on their arm. Their long black hair fell loose on their shoulders and was trimmed with feathers or foxtails. Before they ate, the pilgrims and the Indians thanked God together for all his goodness. And so the story goes of the first Thanksgiving celebrated in Plymouth Colony nearly 400 years ago. As you sit down with your friends and family this Thanksgiving, remember this original tale and give thanks for all of God's abundant blessings.
1: So, while I was playing, uh I searched for um articles none have broke yet but what has broken is that Charlie Rose has now been accused and a second woman has come forward on Al Franken I found it on Huffpo and Vox on CNN right now how more how more how more and huge huge bold font second or the middle little list of articles new accuser Franken groped me in 2010. They're not going to cover it. I have two new employees, and they've outright just love CNN, uh, both African-American. And, you know, they were watching it today. Even they dogged, you know, more. But at the end of the day, it was all more no-frankin. So I thought that was interesting. So I, I can't find Thanksgiving stuff for this year, but I can find two from last year. They'll read the same. Seven rules for surviving Thanksgiving with your Trump-loving family. My father has a Trump lawn sign, the bumper sticker, and the hat and the T-shirt "Make America Great." Ever since he was shot at, during a robbery in his drugstore, my once-liberal father's become increasingly conservative. He's a piece of shit. Blah blah blah. Set ground rules. Meaning, aftermath election, I asked my father and his wife we could avoid discussing the topic. I also asked if they might take a break from watching Fox News for at least one night. They agreed. So I decided in advance whether and how you're willing to talk politics. State your truth is number two. Well, we did have the conversation. I expressed that I fear for Trump's presidency, both for my family and the country. My father did not see the issue the same way I did, but I knew what, but I knew what I was hurt, that I was heard. Number three, know when not to speak for your own sake. Four, don't litigate the past. Five, practice self-care. Stop fighting and start fighting. Maintain the relationship. That is from forward. Over on Alternate, eight ways to deal with your conservative relatives. Fox News talking points. And they dog Fox. One, a minimum wage will bankrupt business only for lazy people refugees could potentially be a member of the ISIS, Black Lives Matter is leading higher crime rate, First Muslim Majority City Council means Sharia, Benghazi, Bernie Sanders a communist, Obama should have pulled out of Iraq, and they list all the things and how you can argue and come up with liberal talking points that are all false. Okay. Hmm. But I guarantee by next podcast, I'll be reading another liberal diatribe on how to ruin another holiday with liberal talking points. That's okay. My last Thanksgiving with my daughter, she yelled at me because I talked to the TV. She didn't like that I was saying something bad about MSDNC. Liberals play like they're the victims, but they're the aggressors in all of this, and they will aggress this Thanksgiving. I will be here to report it. So, as we head out to a music break... I want to play a short segment from Charlie Brown Thanksgiving to me a pastime that our family does. We'll go into our second Christmas music break, and we'll end with news and social media nuggets. But before I do that, let me wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your family. Shut off the TV. Put on some Christmas music, because there is no Thanksgiving music. Talk. Break bread. Don't talk about politics. Enjoy your time. Be thankful. We are all blessed to live in a country that has a day that says, eat like a pig. And we're also blessed because we live in a country where we can buy that much food for one meal. So happy Thanksgiving to everyone who listens to this podcast.
12: Charlie Brown, a Charlie Brown. I can't believe it. She must think I'm the most stupid person alive. Come on, Charlie Brown. I'll hold the ball and you kick it. Hold it? Ha! You'll pull it away and I'll land flat on my back and kill myself. But Charlie Brown, it's Thanksgiving. What's that got to do with anything? Well, one of the greatest traditions we have is the Thanksgiving Day football game. And the biggest, most important tradition of all is the kicking off of the football. Is that right? Absolutely. Come on, Charlie Brown. It's a big honor for you. Well, if it's that important, a person should never turn down a big honor. Maybe I should do it. Besides, she wouldn't try to trick me on a traditional holiday. It's time I'm gonna kick that football clear to the moon! Ad! Isn't it peculiar, Charlie Brown, how some traditions just slowly fade away? brother? Nothing. I was just checking the mailbox. What did you expect? A turkey card? Holidays always depress me. I know what you mean. I went down to buy a turkey tree. And all they have are things for Christmas. For Christmas? Already? Anyway, why should I give thanks on Thanksgiving? What have I got to be thankful for? All it does is make more work for us at school. Do you know what what we have to do now? We have to write an essay on Stanley Miles. You mean Miles Standish? I can't keep track of all those people. What's all the commotion? We've got another holiday to worry about. It seems Thanksgiving Day is upon us. I haven't even finished eating all my Halloween candy. Sally, Thanksgiving is a very important holiday. Ours was the first country in the world to make a national holiday to give thanks. Isn't he the cutest thing?
0: Now it's time for news and social
9: media nuggets. The crazy stuff that makes your host lose his mind.
10: whole new ball game on campus these days and they call it PC. PC? Politically correct and it's not just politics it's everything it's what you eat it's what you wear and it's what you say. If you don't watch yourself you can get in a buttload of trouble. For instance, see these girls? No you don't those are women you call them girls and they'll pop your
1: figs.
3: Save the whales. Gays in the military now.
1: No military corner today. Although, as you hear by the crazy music in the background, there is a funny story about the military. A Navy pilot drew a penis in the sky. It's not the first time something like this has been investigated. That's an actual article. What a dumbass. All that training so you can be Tom Cruise and play Top Gun. And you draw a penis in the sky. What are you, in fucking third grade? What? What? to the college crazy video instructor arrested for attacking conservative students a university illinois graduate instructor was arrested for assaulting two students during an anti-trump protest thursday stealing the phone of one student and throwing it on the sidewalk Tariq Khan charged the student in a rage after one of them mocked the 39-year-old by asking, don't you have anything better to do? Don't you have kids? After accusing the student of threatening his children, Khan chased after one of them, stealing his phone and hurling it in it to the sidewalk. Hmm. And he's leading our children. That is fantastic. Princeton issues guidelines for consent on the dance floor. No shit. With a diagram showing how you can dance. It says consent on the dance floor and anticipation of his orange and black ball. Do you want to dance? And waiting for an affirmed response, the infographic also instructs students to frequently ask whether their partner is still into this. So even in a dance, yeah. what What is wrong with you, Pete? Another one, student op-ed, outdoor clubs are too white. They basically say it's wrong to have an outdoor club because black people don't want to do it or people of color don't want to do it. They say it both ways in the article. So um, this is my thing to those crazy people when you have all black things is that wrong because it appears you have all sorts of all black you have all black student centers all black this there's college campuses that are all black dorms is it everybody else's fault that black people don't want to go out and do this because i know a lot of black people that do but if your campus doesn't is that the white people's fault oh yeah yeah it is prominent antifa supporting professor speaks at uc berkeley surprisingly there was no need for security let that sit and ruminate for a while at another university departments endorsed campus antifa network there is the campus antifa network claims it has been endorsed by at least five university departments and dozens of other organizations nationwide one of those university of hawaii department of english was quietly removed from the list after campus or phone contacted them Update, Trinity University has denied that they endorse him, so I guess we're down to three. Antifa, okay! College conservatives, evil! Got it. RA claims Catholic school tried to make him promote LBTQ mixer at this college, a Catholic institution. They forced them to put flyers to push the LTQB L-T-B-G-Q-E-I-E-I-O cosine of four bullshit so then, they wouldn't suffer the outrage from anti-LGBT organizations here's the thing school they don't like Christianity either so just get over it fuck them people want to go to the L-B-G-T-Q-E-I-E-I-O bullshit they're going to know about it because the gay and the gay friends told them Another professor exposed UCLA's dirty tricks against conservatives. Interesting article. Within the article, Keith Fink, a former communication professor at the University of California, Los Angeles, recently revealed that dirty tricks that he says UCLA uses to silence conservatives on campus. Fink was terminated in June following an excellence review process that he claims was rigged against him by department chair was despised. Conservative viewpoint. Yeah, we're in the midst of a modern-day red scare where loyalty oaths have become the rule of the day and teachers must bow to diversity, equity, and inclusion gods. This is just one reported. There's probably numerous. It's pretty bad. Another teacher, out of college, arrested after she waited to have sex with students in a candlelit room. Authorities say. I'm not reading anymore. I just put the headline down because I want you to think what went wrong. This lady's got to be in her late 20s and she wants to bone a teenager. What went wrong? Where did you get off the train? Because you need to get back on it. He's a kid. Another disgusting article. A dying vet needed CPR. Hidden video shows his nurse laughing instead. He died. That's why the VA is so fantastic. They don't link it to the VA. They don't really say in the article where he was. But I will just say that is fucking horrible. To show how bad the times are, mental health issues cropping up as financial stress continues on farms. new study shows a lot of farmers are having mental health issues because they are struggling to make ends meet. Ancient sea monster hunted to extinction mysteriously reappears on Russian Island. The remains of a stellar sea cow were found by Nature Reserve officials on the far-flung Commander Islands in Bering Sea. The 20-foot-long beast died out in the 18th century because they were sitting targets for harpoon hunters, having no fear of humans. Ribs of the creature were found jutting out of the seashore like a fence. An eight-hour dig showed that this was a rare find of existence, sea cow, once endemic to the waters of these islands between Russia and Alaska. They were found 45 vertebrae, 27 ribs, and a left scapula, and other bones on the headless creature. It is a gigantic, gigantic, huge animal. Mm. And to close out our li- our... News and social media nuggets before we go into lighter fare. Sarah Silverman recounts survival-based fear she experienced after the 2016 election. It kind of straddles the fence between fuddy and crazy. Comedian Sarah Silverman said after President Trump won the 2016 election, she was overcome with survival-based fear that made her want to purchase guns, weapons, and canned food. In an instant, I basically became a liberal Doomsday prepper, she said in her fifth episode of her show, I Love You America. And for the first time, I felt an actual kinship to the far-right militia who thought Obama would end the world. It's that feeling of fear that makes us the same, she added. The episode was obtained by the Daily Beast and will steam on Hulu starting Thursday night silverman or a monologue that facts cannot change people when we hear facts that counter our beliefs we tend to just dig in deeper if you told a climate change nighter that humans contribute to global warming they would say that's a lie that's a hoax just like if if someone tells me that obama was born in kenya i'll be like that's simply not true now, granted, one of those facts comes from 97% of the world's top scientists. The other was like written in the bathroom wall at Golden Corral. Despite Silverman's comments in the upcoming episode, Silverman used a premiere of her show last month to reach out to Trump voters, highlighting a family of Trump supporters in rural Louisiana. My hope is to connect with people while I dog them and talk poorly about anybody who did not vote for Clinton. Her very analogy of climate change denier and birther Not even the same thing. Thank you very much. And remember, Sarah Silverman and all liberals out there listening, you had truthers. Media doesn't want to talk about it. Van Jones was a truther. You had real talking heads, strategists, and Democratic politicians signing letters that said that George Bush and Dick Cheney personally climbed up the World Trade Center and rigged it to be exploded. Both sides have their crazies. The only thing is, it takes podcasts like mine to point out yours because the media is too busy looking for that one person to divert from all yours. Hint, hint, more, hint, hint, Franken. To our lighter fare! Okay, we got Audio Lighter fare today. Um, I think I have a trifecta. Oh, yeah. I do. First one is a serious one. This is Scott Van Pelt insulting ESPN's critics. I think this is holy f- funny. You're losing viewership at a record rate. You are literally bleeding money. You're going to lose money on your football. You're going to lay off people again. So insult the people that call you liberal hacks. The second one is a message from the for the D from the DNC on SNL that was actually critical of them, which blew me away. And then this weekend, where we had Comeback Barack, uh, they actually are losing. I mean, they're losing rest of America. They just stayed to the coast, so they had Chance the Rapper on, who me and the wife have never heard any of his music, don't know who the fuck this idiot is, he wasn't good except in one skit where he played long lost uh, Steve Harvey's son, which was kind of funny, but in the end it it wasn't that funny of a show, but this is pretty much the 2017 of all 2017 soundbites because this is what liberals have been doing for an entire fucking year, wishing they'd get Barack Obama, they don't want anybody else but Barack Obama, enjoy
10: Again, if it were, if that's how people really felt, at some somewhere along the line, I would have inter, I would have intersected with someone that felt that way and would come up and say, "Hey, you know, I really don't. I think your show sucks, and I think ESPN sucks, and I think you guys are, are doomed." And okay, okay never, yeah. not once. So,
13: yeah, I, and also, I just, I, it is funny to me because whenever I get into this topic on Twitter, I get people to say, "I don't watch ESPN anymore. Nobody watches ESPN anymore." And then I say, "Okay, so that means that you don't watch." The college football playoff, Monday night football, the baseball playoffs, the NBA, and, and, and then I, I get back, well no, I just mean the talk shows. Well, that's just not what, I mean, ESPN is not just talk shows. They have a little of everything. So you haven't stopped watching ESPN. And then I also get a lot of, um, I remember during the NBA finals last year, people saying they don't watch ESPN anymore. said, so, oh, you don't watch NBA finals. Like, oh, well, that's ABC. It's the same th- like, It's just, I think most people who are doing it just don't. I mean, you have the people who just don't, like those people who don't know the business, and then you have maybe people in the business who want to see ESPN fail, and those are the ones who are putting out the narrative that ESPN is dying when if every media company was dying the way ESPN is, we'd all be thrilled.
10: Sure, of course. I mean, right, everything you said is true. It's like, boycott this, and I'm going to. And and, and for the folks that if you truly want to boycott, the NFL, or you want to boycott ESPN, the, the, the notion that some guy sitting out there, or gal, and they decide, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and cut my entire cable package because ESPN gave an award on a made-up show in July because there's no sports, to, to, a, to a woman that used to be a man. So I'm now going to not have any cable TV at all and i'm going to sit around at night and read books by candlelight like olden times because of that. <laughs> yeah. That's just that's that's not happening. And if you did that, then you're so dumb that i can't even i can't even pray for you cuz yes. you're beyond hope. If that's what if that was your reaction to this was to deny yourself the ability to watch television, i mean that just yeah. hasn't happened and I- didn't happen.
13: And now a message from the Democratic National Committee. This Tuesday,
0: Americans went to the polls.
9: And they told President Trump, we don't like what you're doing at all, sir.
0: And now one thing is clear. We're back, baby. The devs are back. Estamos de vuelta. You love us again. And we haven't felt this confidence since the day before Trump won. You love our fresh new ideas delivered by fresh new faces like me. Nancy Pelosi. And me, Dianne Feinstein.
2: And me, Chuck Schumer. And your Tim Kaine. And I'm team player, Donna Brazil.
0: And we also have some great new leaders waiting in the wings, like Hot Young Thing Elizabeth Warren. And also, that's right,
1: it's Biden time. And I'm
13: still around, too.
0: And together, we're going to end the spirit of divisiveness in this country by focusing on how we won the governor's races in two of the ten states we care about. And we learned our lesson from the last election. We can't just appeal to coastal elites. We need mouth breathers from Wisconsin and window lickers from Ohio as well. And we know that what Americans really care about is jobs. Jobs like smuggling immigrants across the border and converting Confederate monuments into statues of prominent lesbian poets.
13: And we're really going to listen to people if they don't say what's politically correct. Like these comics out there who think it's okay to make jokes about concentration camps. That guy should rot in hell. The
2: Dems are back. And we won't stop now because we need another path for our country.
0: Another vision for America. Another chance for me, Hillary Rodham Clinton. Just one more chance. And maybe one more chance after that.
2: I thought she was dead. We need bold leadership
0: And new blood I think the Hillary idea could still work This is our time Our time You'll soy Tim King And just wait till Bernie transfers his base of passionate millennial voters over to a new leader
13: No, if you liked it, you should have put a ring on it Pass
0: So watch out, America because the Dems are back. We're back.
9: What well, up, baby? Cuidado, Senor Trump. Because the Dems are
2: back. I will destroy all of this.
13: <laughs> this ad was paid for by Mark Cuban for Republican Party.
2: I get thankful, baby. Thankful for you. But now you're gone, and I don't know what to do. you were so intelligent, you were so strong. Waiting my own life for you, something wrong. And now I see you moving on, and I'm begging to come Turn the TV on and cry. When I cry, when I cry. I say why. I feel like we're all going to die. So come, come back, Murat. Even though it's not allowed. We want you back somehow. I need you in my life. So come back, Murat. Look at Candles. Now things are looking bad Like really bad, like World War II bad, like nuclear bad Swing through my damn scars. So come back, Barack I see your hand gliding, living your life Dropping your daughter off at college with your wife And y'all look so damn happy And you deserve it, yeah But I'm a selfish man And I know there's other Democrats More than just a few I think could change. The only change I want is you. I'm in hell. Dreaming about you and Michelle. Dreaming. Come on, man. Be the way. Don't leave us here alone. It's definitely too cold to be late. I mean, I know you're busy with that library Why and everything. i am The truck don't even got a dog, man. Just come, come back for a
8: been a long time, Barack. Almost as long as since a guy talked over a record like this. And for real? Why would you leave us? Oh, because you had to? Because of the constitution. But you can come back, right? Oh, you can't. Because that would undermine the very institutions that we barely hold on to as it is. I see. I guess we stuck with this dude for a while then. Maybe you can come back and make a speech. How much would that cost? For real? Oh no, we definitely can't afford that. So I'm just getting rained on for nothing. That's interesting. Will you enjoy your retirement, homie. Come back, for
2: Keep shaking. We need you all so bad. Super bad. 2020's looking sad. Maybe Michelle could run. Like really sad, like super sad. What the hell we, we gonna do sad? Let's not put Michelle through that. Come back, Barack. But if she wanted to. I vote for Joe Biden.
8: But What about George Clooney? I mean, that dude was Batman. That'd be cool. You know what? I don't think the three of us have the firmest grasp on government. But, hey, Happy Thanksgiving, everybody.
1: Yeah, that's pretty pathetic, but it pretty much sums it up. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politics Podcast. Please feel free to share this with family and friends. Send comments by emailing f-o-p-p-o-d-c-a-s-t at gmail.com. podcast at gmail.com. Com. You can get the show on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Blueberry, and Stitcher. Remember, to check out the Flyover Politic webpage at F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com, FOPpodcast It's a theme. To See links to feeds for the show, links to our Facebook page, and email us. There you'll see a link to every episode on the episode release page, and a blog on my blog page, if I ever blog. Next podcast, going to try to get one in Friday, um, which will be straight politics, and hopefully sweep out some of this how to deal with your crazy conservative bullshit fucking letter. There's got to be somebody who's going to write one. I'll find one eventually. I also want to get the download of Joe Scarborough has done a Trump Christmas song. The the artwork is Trump is the Grinch. Childish shit. I... I'm going to just oppose it with Mika Brzezinski finally saying Bill Clinton's a fucking predator and him still dogging Trump because they're no longer friends because, you know, he's a fucking child over there. I think that'll be a great show. I hope all of you have a great rest of the week. For those in America, have a fantastic Thanksgiving. Enjoy your family and friends. Shut off the damn TV. Well, unless you're going to watch the game. That should be a good game. Lions, I think, and Vikings. I think that's who's playing no, this Thursday. Should be a great game, since my Packers are totally out of it. Got to give a shout-out to my Oregon Ducks. They won this weekend, one big over Arizona. So they're bowl-eligible. They're going to play one more game uh, this weekend. I'll be able to see it on Saturday uh, against the Beavers, and it will actually be to see if we can be 7-5, and five, going for 4-8, 7-5, give us a better bowl. Um, it, all I can say is I wish we got that quarterback back. If we had that quarterback back a couple weeks ago, where would we be? Major Bowl? Oh, yeah, but we're playing the Toilet Bowl. It looks like Las Vegas. Uh Should be against Boise State. We'll probably lose. But, you know, in the end, it's good to see us get a W, finally. So, um take care, folks. Hope I get that one Friday. Thank you all for listening, and have, once again, a fantastic
13: Let Thanksgiving. The
9: Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the, floor. Let the, bodies hit the... Ah!